Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Two working stiffs that love comics, movies, games, and more bring their nerd conversation and observations to you. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's NerdPod, where they give you their opinion on whatever they want. Hey, don't complain. You're listening to their show. Coach, K-Rock, take it away. Coach, what's up, man? Hey, man. Happy Comic-Con Sunday to you. That's right. San Diego Comic-Con 2018. It is the Super Bowl for all of us. It Nerds really is, man. It is. It is. So it was a big, big week. Um, Huge. You know, not only did we um, did we record uh, and get started on policy politics this week, but we also um, you know had to cover Comic-Con, which was a... Uh, interesting week. I mean, that's what I can say. We're certainly going to get into it, but uh, it was interesting. Lots of ground to cover. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So um, episode 13 to all our fans out there keeping count. Uh, how's it going, man? What's been new? So a lot new. Um, it's, all about the, it's all about the SDCC 18. Um, a lot of coverage, a lot of, uh, you know, we were interacting, tweeting. I was checking in with, you know, people that we know that are on the ground and um, getting the overall vibe, right? So uh, a big piece was a lot of that old school stuff. We're going to get into that uh, line by line. Um, but I mean, the biggest thing that came out of Comic-Con had nothing to do with Comic-Con. Um, I mean, huge breaking news, not breaking news that James Gunn is out, out of the Guardians of the Galaxy, out of the MCU, out of the canon altogether. Um, crazy. I the, the last thing that I would have ever expected. I agree, man. Very shocking when I read that happen. I, I think I saw it right before you and I texted it over to you like James Gunn is out. You, you just re- your response to it all. It was expletive. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, kind of crazy. So the facts are the facts, and we're going to stick to that without really putting an opinion on anything uh, to, to keep this as middle of the road as we can. Uh, I think everyone everyone you listen to or go out there now in social media has an opinion on this. So let's just call it out what it was. So James Gunn tweeted, uh, I'm going to call it like it is, very insensitive messages about 10 years ago, and they resurfaced. Uh, the last few days and ultimately cost him his job. And if we know anything from the last month or so, uh, Disney's making it very clear that they have very little tolerance for any of this type of controversy that could impact their image or their brand. So he's out, unfortunately. I mean, it just is what it is, right? I mean, like you said uh, at the beginning, everybody's got an opinion piece. Everybody's got something to say. My biggest concern uh, the day that I heard it and today is what what happens next. And um, this is not like a, a Roseanne thing where um, the jury's out or uh, there's there can be a lot of discussion about it. We don't know exactly what happened, but th- I mean, it's pretty or the Chris Hardwick, I guess, would be even a better analogy. We this is cut and dry. Like we're not waiting to hear from both sides. There were bad tweets that were made 10 years ago. They surfaced. Somebody got fired. Um, but it happened to get fired from a multi-billion dollar franchise. So uh, for the sake of reporting this show and the sake of me being a comic fan and a MCU fan, the truth is what happens next? Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were talking before the show, we talked all week about it to say, um, you know, without James Gunn, um, you probably don't get the Planet Hulk movie. That, I mean, Thor Ragnarok, I always do that. Um that's you get that movie and, and it changed the scope and and so what do you do now uh they have some great talent clearly they they've shown that they can pick directors whether it be ryan coogler or uh russo brothers or joe johnson or and you know so uh, where do they go next is the question and how does it affect the overall mcu like how, how does feige feel waking up to see that text well I, I think you brought it up earlier that feige is so he had everything planned so precisely going forward I'll find it very hard to believe that if he didn't have a plan B or C or D it's second I'd be surprised and shocked if he did not know that Gunn had this in his history in fact I'm pretty sure that this was already talked about and apologized for 
Um, Maybe not. If I was hiring, well, here's the deal. If I was hiring for this big of a responsibility, wouldn't you do a background on? In in this example, uh, if you're if it's this type of uh, uh, entertainment, you would certainly do a vetting of their social media. Right, uh, their history, their any type of interviewing they've had, because there is a, okay, the art form is there in the art, and we yeah. get it. James Gunn's a great artist, but at the bigger picture, this is a lot of money that you're investing in somebody. So I'd have a, a hard time believing that Foggy has not, for everybody involved, have game plans A, B, C, D, um, and I think the rumor that we just talked about, and you brought uh, the movie up, Thor Ragnarok is that director Taika Waititi who I who hit a home run let's be honest like I think Thor Ragnarok is top five if not top three for me of the MCU the rumor is he will be taking the helm of Guardians of the Galaxy volume three I'm comfortable with that yeah so that's safe I mean it's good and you know to go back to your to your point um again we're not gonna we're gonna beat this to death but um what I want to say is two things Mike, Mike Tyson says like everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Like that's, uh, I think, uh, you can, you can, the same can be said here. And, and again, if you're the Chicago Bulls and, uh, you know, in in the eighties and, uh, you have Michael Jordan in front of you, sure. You can do your research on Michael Jordan and you can see what interviews he did in college. And, you know, this happens every day in the sports world and you do your best to try to figure it out. And then, um, you know, when he goes on to win his first three championships, um, or even Kobe Bryant to that uh, extent, you can do a ton of background and then all of a sudden he's, you know, gets uh, uh, charged and arrested for rape. Um, I don't think that the Lake, the Lakers sure could have seen something in his character that would have predicted that a problem could come. But um, when you have, and, and the reason why I'm even making these comparisons is because I feel like James Gunn is that talented. If, if, if the Marvel cinematic universe is the Chicago bulls, um, you know, Kevin Feige is Phil Jackson and uh, Michael Jordan, and is is played by James Gunn mm-hmm. uh, a thousand percent. So I think that you may, maybe he saw it coming, but I don't think you could ever be prepared for this kind of impact. Yeah, and it, there's no doubt good thing about you it. You have a stable right. it, it, like uh, of guys. It, it, it's a huge loss. It's it, it's a huge loss to the MCU um, for sure. And I'm not downplaying that at all. No, but you're right. No matter how much you plan, there's a reason why it's called Plan B, right? Because you don't yeah, want that to true. be your main plan. Um, but you know, that's unfortunately where we're at today here. Um, I feel that, again, in, in Foggy, I trust. I have no reservations. I don't think this is like a, like some people are Marvel haters, clearly, and they're saying that this is the death knell. This is the... This is the road. It's gonna. This is the part of the downward spiral. I don't think that at all. Oh well, I have news of the contrary coming up very soon. So yeah. don't you worry, okay. haters. We'll get I've, there. Got, I've, I've got something for you. <laughs> Can't wait. So I mean, here's the deal, and I get your analogy, but here's here's the cool part. Um, we've heard a. We're not sports. I'm not a sports guy. I know you are more than I am, but you have a system. Eventually, you have these. When you start off, you have great players, and you you build a system around those great players. That's James Gunn. We're to a point now where you have a system that you can, it looking like you can plug in talented people, and they're going to exceed your expectations because your system's so solid. And yeah. I think that's where they're at. They've built from the ground up a g- amazing system for these directors to come in and see a vision through. So I don't feel as nervous. I would be more nervous if it was. Before Guardians 2, before Thor Ragnarok, before Infinity War, if this happened before those movies, I think I'd feel a lot more nervous. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so I, I think I think we're safe here. We're not we're not going down any bad paths, and it just is what it is. It's sad, but um, you know, it's uh, obviously we're going to be reporting on this on a weekly basis on mm-hmm. what's happening with, you know, we'll keep everybody up to date. So, so um, I have more news about Disney. If you want, I can yeah, go into do, that. Let's I do Disney. Gonna, our weekend geeks going to be reserved for uh, Sandy, uh, you know, SDCC 18. Um, yeah. So Comcast is out of the bidding for Fox entertainment. We called it. We did. So it's apparently there was, in my opinion, two straws that broke this deal for 
Comcast. The first being, which we brought up, was we got the news that uh, there was an appeal against the AT&T Time Warner deal. Now, like I said back then, and this is being reported by others, that that deal is more or less done, the AT&T and Time Warner. It's done. But because it is an appeal into court, regardless of how far that deal has gone, it's still going to tie up and and push this process further along for the Disney Comcast deal to ever happen. I think Comcast just said, you know what? We lost this round. So yeah. the second straw is the fact that Comcast is now 100% laser focused on acquiring Sky, which is a European pay television group, uh, which is a leading platform out there. And they have about 23 million customers across Europe. So that is the play, and that is also on Disney's radar. But now Comcast is in the driver's seat on that deal. So while Disney could probably move some things around and make that happen with Sky, and this is why it's so important, is that immediate, for their streaming service, immediate audience that they get into would be a 39% ownership share in Sky. Comcast wants that like nothing else. So pretty much what I read was Comcast said, you know what, you win on the U.S. front, but we're going to win the battle in Europe. So that's where this is. Um, we'll see what Disney's response is to that, I'm sure, in the next week or two. Yeah, that's exciting. And again, um, I think uh, at, the, at the end of the, the day, I take these news flashes and I break them down and saying, how many weeks until I get Dr. Doom? Right, like how many weeks until I get not the guy from Nip Tuck as Doctor Doom? I that's, think that's it, my for that question. I'm still sticking with my statement from earlier. I think it's in a quarter one 2019 deal that this gets closed. I love it. I love it. So I have um, before we jump into uh, STCC 18, I have some breaking news. So um, okay, you we don't it, man. I, do this, I am, although you can. What is I'm sorry, this? I'm, I'm super excited. I know. Well, what's going You've on? You've been dying for it. <laughs> so the, the date today, which we don't generally talk about, um, the date today is uh, Sunday, July 22nd, 2018. It's the Sunday of Comic-Con. And my breaking news is that K-Rock has still not seen Inception. Um, so that is, is breaking news. And, um, if anybody, for all of our Instagram followers, I, uh, made mention of this this week and I, I promise to take a chunk out of the heart of this show, right? Like right in the sweet spot, right where we're starting to hit our motion to stop the show and say that K-Rock has still not seen Inception. Uh, the film that I, uh, dub as the greatest uh, film of all time still has not seen it. So um, if you want to take this piece of the show back and put real content in it, let K-Rock know and say, listen, we, we were about to get into an awesome flow and you stopped it to talk about a movie that came out in 2011. So I am going to continue to do this. Uh, I will hold this show hostage until that happens. You can choose to respond to this or not. Uh, you personally k-rock but i am mm-hmm. i'm hijacking i don't negotiate with terrorists so there's that <laughs> yep so well okay I, I was um, gonna wait for the uh, the the made for tv version yeah so uh do those even <laughs> exist anymore i'm not sure that they do i don't um <laughs> well that's what i'm, I'm waiting sure. for <laughs> yeah so okay well uh then that's fine i will just keep hijacking because you know above all i love to hear the sound of my own voice so i have no problem hijacking this show every week and everybody listen we don't have we do have great interaction from our fans but uh not not in a harassing way i will turn them on you and and if i I, i'm that's my plan turn the listening audience on k-rock about inception actually somebody said uh, how do you call yourself a man i mean that was the best (laughs) comment that we had in this week's show so um yeah you need to get on that anyway don't worry about me I, i i i'm quite the man Whoever that yeah, was. I'm sure of it. I'm <laughs> sure of it. So, uh, anywho, we are ready to rock with the Week in Geek. Week San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition. 
Part one, there's absolutely, and this is sort of a caveat or a um, asterisk in this, uh, is that we're no, there's no way without making the show three and a half hours long that we can uh, cover this. Uh, plus, we're still breaking. I mean, we have a still still a full day. Um, my philosophy on San Diego Comic Con is that Sunday, uh, the last panels of the day are going to control the forward week. So if there's any surprises, they have not even happened yet. It's 11:48 means it's 8:48 there. AM. Uh, so around, you know, this evening as the sh- as uh, we wind down uh, and start watching our Sunday night shows, I think we're going to start to see the news cycles start to break of maybe some newer breaking stuff. Um, but but that does bring me into my point of um, you know that that Hall H is um, the Staples Center. Right, like or or Fenway Park mm-hmm. of Comic Con, and uh, that's where uh, major panels present. For those who don't follow um, the comic book world, uh, so way back in the day when Image took over, uh, they announced in Hall H, right? When that when Image right, formed right. and spawned, and so that this is sort of the um, hollowed grounds. Yep, yeah, it is. It's um, and I long for the day that I stand there and um, or, or sit up there and announce something for ourselves. So, um, but with that said, um, with the, the, the rich history that Hall H brings, um, and, and listen, if you're a fan of the show, go and just go onto YouTube and search Hall H speeches. Some of the greatest, um, you know, whether it be, that's where I fell in love with, really fell in love with Kevin Smith. I love the movies, but uh, get Kevin Smith and Hall H talking about anything over the last 15 years and you will be wildly entertained. So, um, so Hall H is something that I watch. Uh, we announced that Hardwick was was out as the, you know, he was a mainline host there unless they brought somebody in. So it, it felt like to me as I watched this really closely that it didn't roll back to 96, but it rolled back to like 2008 this year. So it felt to me as if this is pre-Marvel Cinematic Universe, pre-DC Universe, pre-Game of Thrones, pre um you know, we had this rush of even pre Walking Dead, right? I mean, oh, yeah. for a while there, they just dominated the news cycle by adding new cast members, announcing new movies. And, you know, with HBO and Marvel both sitting it out widely, I mean, not entirely, um, there was some breaking stuff, but not uh, enough that it made a, a massive uh, impact. So I personally have always been for, for the little guy. And, um, you know, I mean, when we walk around cons, I'm looking at independent comics when I'm there. I'm looking at the guy that hand drew it himself, printed it himself, that is trying to become, you know, he's shopping his book around to publications everywhere. Like, I want that guy. That's Kirkman before The Walking Dead hit. Yeah, I could say that, that that's true. Uh, when we went to the con together, you were stopping at every uh, independent uh I guess you call him writer, producer, what what have you, for the books, and you'd get an autograph, you would pay for it, and we'd walk away till you had a, a short little stack of all indies. And and listen, or most of them not great. Most of them were not great, but there were one or two in there that I'm like, wow, I could really see this happening. And the last con that um, my son and I went to, um, the other thing that happens with independence is that they're begging you for gas money to go home at the end of on Sunday afternoon, which is, you know, it's just it's the starving artist thing. I'm okay with it, um, but then I really need them to sell me the book on why I should why, why I should buy it to give them their five bucks gas money home. Um, but that's so so that. Uh, it's it's like any pecking order, right? So those guys, uh, when somebody's not completely off the rails and, and taken over, um, like Marvel can or or DC did this year, um, it makes room for everybody else. So Marvel's established; they don't need to go and spend eight to ten million dollars at SDCC. They can, um, you know, go to AceCon like they did, and they can do littler things and have two or three of the stars instead of all twenty-two show up. And so this, I think, is good because it does open up the the doors and you know there's some other breaking news pieces that are going to come in here that we learned this week that would have never got in if they announced six new marvel characters in phase four and hbo uh played the trailers for any of the pilots for the game of thrones spinoff that would have carried the week that's all we'd be talking about so i think to some extent for that reason this is really good and i don't know if you feel the same way i'd love to hear your take on it because it's something i was like wow like i really i saw it coming but i didn't uh, i thought somebody would shock us 
Right. I, I think it's I think it's a little bit of both, right? Um, we spend all between Comic Cons all year anticipating the moves, getting excited about seeing the the, the big uh, the big studios productions, what they're coming out with. So in that in those terms, yeah, it's a little bit of a letdown uh, not seeing the next big thing coming out from Marvel, but. It's good at the same time for all the reasons you just listed is it gives these other companies a chance to, to shine. So I mean, I know we're going to go into some of them, but uh, to me, it's, so it's a little mixture of both. It's like a little disappointing that I didn't get to see, um, you know, what the next Avengers movie is going to be called or shots from Captain Marvel, right? But at the same time, like because of that, we had a great Halloween panel that we probably did, wouldn't have had. Um, for that movie, and amongst other things. So I'm a little in between the, both, but yeah, I, 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 I can see both sides of the coin. Yeah, so, um, and your girl, um, who you were excited about, um, mm-hmm. Yvette Nicole Brown. Um, She's having a hell of a show. Yeah, so Just that's exciting. And look, I mean, it's that is... Um, a perfect AMC handled it right. Uh, Image, Walking Dead, whatever. Kirkman, they they made the right decision there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we knew it. It's exciting. I mean, I, I love seen, to see her succeed. So the feedback from Hall H for Yvette Nicole Brown has been great, uh, and you could see at the interviews. And what's cool is like with, and I like Hardwick. I liked him on stage, but you always knew Hardwick was right front and center. So he actually became more of a, a star power as well, like Hardwick's leading it. Well, Yvette Nicole Brown, she's running these really wonderful interviews, but she's never overstepping, if that makes sense. She's not the focal point, right? So she's – she's first off, she, her voice is so great to listen to and she's smart. She's quick-witted. Uh, she's able to react to things uh, like I mentioned the Halloween panel. There is a – Someone from the audience came up to uh, uh, to ask a question, and, and he gave a little uh, story about how I think his his house was broken into. Somebody had some, you know, at knife point he was being held up, and he recalled back to Jamie Lee Curtis from the original Halloween movie, and thought to himself, and this was his story: um, What would Jamie do, or Laurie Strode do? And he literally grabbed knitting needles like they did in the Halloween movies, and went after the guy and got out of the house. Um, and Yvette's there uh, playing host. Jamie Lee Curtis gets up, walks down, <laughs> gives the guy a hug. That's hard to do, but Yvette <laughs> Nicole Brown is there reacting the entire time. And just it, – it's she, she was able to – I know she wasn't trying to sell it, but she – I'm just going to use that word. She sold that moment even better than I think Chris Hardwick could have done. So she's, she's yeah. having a great show. And that's we want. We need to see more of that. Mm-hmm. And um, so the 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 jury to me says that the more um, we had, a, we've had a great run, exciting, emotional run over the last ten years. And now um, I think it's time to make way for people like Yvette Nicole Brown. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time to turn our focal point on other uh, great platforms and and ways to to get content out so mm-hmm. i'm looking uh, forward cool to seeing stuff. her in more uh more i'd like to see her in more cons and, and doing more um you know post-show work too which i think we're gonna about to see with her and yeah I, i'm with you it's exciting there's so there's, there's a lot more talent out there that we're gonna get uh, a shot at now that harwick is uh, we'll just say he's He's paused. Well, he's our he's yeah. our Ryan Seacrest, right? I mean, he has been for the last. You yeah, know, if that's a if great Ryan way to put Seacrest it. Is, exactly, he's yeah, our he he's our Ryan Seacrest, and he'll be back. Don't get me wrong; I don't think there's any reason what's going on today with him is going to prevent him from coming back. But it, it's just it's yeah, gonna be it, different. Yeah, it's going to be different for him. Yeah. So um, staying on that same line, um, I did not pay attention to, nor would I, um, of the Walking Dead panels. Did you? Yes. With that. You know, did you did have you seen anything from that? I How think the biggest um, the biggest announcement that I was waiting for uh, was who our next uh, villain was going to be in The Walking Dead. Now that if you if you're caught up, you know where things left off with Negan and Rick. Uh, so I'm happy to report we do have a person attached uh, to play Alpha, who is the leader of the Whispers, uh, mm-hmm. and her name 
is Samantha Morton. And she's an actress. She's been around for probably 20 years or so and playing in different roles like Minority Report comes to mind and um, Fantastic Beasts. She was in that as well. So good actress, very solid actress. And I think we're, we're in for, for good things. As we already knew, Andrew Lincoln is finished after this season. Uh, he, he, I don't know if you saw the quotes from him, but it, it, more or less uh, it's he's saying Rick Grimes is an important character to him and you have not seen the last of him. So I'm not sure if I'm reading that they're going to necessarily kill Rick off or if he's going away, right? right? So I don't quite know if, if that was as... Um, it, it it's typical Walking Dead. Sleight of hand. We don't know what to make of the statement he made. Um, so that was the okay. the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead uh, again. They're they're on the upward swing here, and I can't wait for the second half of the season to start in a few weeks. Uh, it looks fantastic. Good. That's mm-hmm. all good news. That that means that on a rainy day like today, um, a year from now, I'll be able to to binge it and maybe fall back in love with those characters. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, so as that was going on in H, um, in Ballroom D, um, this is something that I followed now for quite a while, and you'll understand why. Is um, So the Kevin Smith biopic, as of right now, I think it's called Shooting Clerks is what they're calling it. Um, they packed the house. So those kids, they're young. Um, I think they're all under 25 or so. Um, have We've talked about it on the show before. Yes. Created a, an independent film uh, about the you know shooting, getting the funding, doing you know, everything uh, that has to do with uh, with Kevin Smith's rise. And um, so, so they packed uh, Ballroom D, which was great. It was great to see. Saw the pictures. So exciting. Great panel. Uh, great questions. Exciting time. Uh, and they announced in the panel that they're going for a like a third round of funding to, to make a, a major motion picture push. And they're going to do a major um, you know, film festival push as well for, for cons and for um, – uh, Tribeca and all of those uh, bigger, larger Sundance types type uh, uh, festivals, they need money for that, and they're going to be going after it. So, this is cool. I, listen, I I'm all about it. Um, even though Kevin is still active, very active, um, you know, he's our, you know, he's he's the king of the nerds. I think right now, um, the only thing that's concerned me is that, and listen, I loved her as. Veronica in Clerks, but uh, Marilyn Giolatti, it seems like at some point, maybe six months, eight months ago, the shooting Clerks guys met with her uh, and she started to do a panel. And before that, I didn't see her really at all with them. And now I see her on every single panel, everywhere they are, she is. She's doing the, you know, all of the tours, all of the funding, all of the, and if you remember, I don't know if you've ever seen the original documentary about making clerks, but uh, Jeff Anderson, who, yeah, who played Randall, uh, talked about some turmoil on the set between, uh, between him, Jeff Anderson and Marilyn. And she says, I don't even remember that happening. Jeff saying it almost caused the production to shut down. I don't think we ever got a clear answer on what happened when they were shooting that film. Um, so my concern overall is that she'll impact, you know, because she's the only one that was actually there. Um, and I'm sure that they've consulted others. I know they have, they've talked to Kevin, they've talked to Jay, they've talked to, uh, everybody, but the fact that she's there in the reshoots, she's there. If she's going to be around, I wonder if we start telling, you know, if if this becomes a Marilyn Giolatti biopic as opposed to a Kevin Smith, I'm sure that the filmmakers wouldn't allow that to happen, but I, I feel like, um, they're young and they're trying to get their movie made. And and when you see the person and you have access to the person that was in the movie and that can tell stories and verify, it's dangerous to me. Right. Like, and so I'm not saying that that kills anything. I think it's really exciting. I've interacted with those guys on social media. I do think that we could bring a screening of that movie to the Columbus theater here in Providence. I would love to be a part of doing that. Um, but if that's not one piece that I'm going to watch is, you know, how involved is she? What's happening? Is it driving the narrative or is she just complimenting what's there? Interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't hear too much about this part of it. I do know they were, uh, 
they were there. Um, the guys that made the, the making clerks, shooting clerks movie. But I didn't realize that she had anything to do with that, Marilyn. Um, yeah. So that's a shocking yeah. to me. I had no idea. Yeah. Yep. So if you go back and look at, at um, even this week at Comic-Con, she's in every single group. She stands out like a sore thumb because they're all so young. Um, You're right. I did man, see that. Look at them. I just thought yeah. it was she was just there because Kevin was there. I, I, great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So something to, something to keep an eye on, right? Like um, Because I'll be interested in that. And I think I've paid either you know on Indiegogo, whatever. I've, I've already donated to that movie and I will continue to. I, I want to see it get made. I love that they're you know, they're from they're Scottish and from overseas. I think that we've talked about some of the, the holes are they didn't eliminate a lot of the British accents. And so the funding is going to take care of all of that, right? The, the, the more money that they can get privately or publicly, the, the better off they'll be able to go into production, reshoot, re and, and, and make it a feature film. I would love to see that happen. So it's not bad news. It's just something to, um, that I've noticed over the last six months and I, I want to keep an eye on. So, um, and then, uh, yeah. So what else next? Uh, what, what else have you seen, uh, that you wanted to, to bring up? So, our favorite cartoonist uh, from The Simpsons, Mark Matt Groening, is uh, has a new show coming out for Netflix. Did you hear that? Oh, dude, that is what a brilliant, what a brilliant play, uh-huh. right? It's called Disenchantment, wow. and it's going to, I would say, be like imagine a, a Futurama, but set in the fantasy world. Brilliant, yeah. I, I, I can't I think, wait. Um, yep. No, anything that I saw on it, I did see it. And I just, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant move. So that's fun, right? And and again, I mentioned that earlier. This is one of those things that gets to slip up the up the ladder and, and find its way into our show run. Exactly. Because, that's a good you know, point. Exactly. Yep. Yep. That, this is the kind of thing. And then uh, I heard that uh, Judge Dredd, uh, which we talked about on the show last week, yeah. uh, praising Carl Urban, um, is getting a TV script. Um, project is called Mega City One, and it's going to focus on uh, on five younger or less experienced judges, whether Dredd, I'm sure that Dredd will make an appearance. I mean, it usually does start any Dredd comic or movie or any IP starts with younger judges and then, um, you know, whatever, Amanda Sante and, uh, and Sylvester Stallone, um, show up later or whatever. I don't know. Um, it's, uh, uh but, but, a, a uh, Sylvester and a Carl Urban, a take on it in the same TV show. Right. I mean, maybe I'd like so, to see uh, that. <laughs> it's, it's possible. Um, so that was fun. And, um, also Supergirl, um, made their announcements. Now, uh, DC television made a lot of seasonal announcements. We'll cover those next week. Like, uh, you know, who's in as a villain here, who's out, who's who picked up for it. We will cover it, but, um, you know, I think there's more to come on that stuff and we'll cover it next week. But, um, one thing that did stand out is that Supergirl, um, oft directed by, by our, our friend, Kevin Smith, um, is, uh, our first super, they are going to give us our first superhero that is transgendered on the screen. We will see that in the next upcoming season on the CW. So, okay. um, cool. Good more opportunity, them. man. You know, it's not just one or two shows. Um, it's opportunity for good working actors to not be left out in the, in the cold. And again, I, I say, don't put a transgender person in a role because they're transgender, put it in because they add value to the screen. I'm sure sure that DC, the, the TV piece would not uh, do anything that will uh, mess with their uh, with their flow and their canon. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so we were asked about as a whole for NerdPod about covering Doctor Who more. And I'm going to be very honest. I don't watch Doctor Who. Do you? Um. So I think you remember I had like five knee surgeries and I think that I watched they changed the that the doctor, and I think that's in the story that they that the doctor changes mm-hmm. every whatever. I know that much um, about it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I did watch one season of uh, a the guy two guys ago, maybe I don't know. Uh, but and I and it's entertaining. I, I like I love the concept. I do feel like it's on my list to get to, and I think it's a really original idea. I, I always think the BBC does wonderful work for the most part. So I think I want to get there. Um, what is exciting, I think, is what you're about to say. The, right? uh, like, the, uh, the new doctor has been announced, uh, Jodie Whittaker, and um, she'll be the first woman doctor who. So 
there's so that's that. exciting. And, and I did see her show up. Um, I guess she showed up in character at, oh, at really? San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, so <laughs> good for her. Um, yeah, right. So that's that's this is what I'm talking about, man. This is this is all good when when the new female Doctor Who can show up in San Diego and be in character. Uh, it gets people excited about the show. That that's the kind of stuff that I want to see more. I of. love so, it. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Listen, I think it's one of those shows that you can jump into. So I was just about I'm to ask that. I know it's like it's an incredible amount of seasons if you go all the way back to the 60s when it first started. And it, as a new person about to attack this, uh, you know, it, it, to start watching it, that is like climbing Everest, right? It is. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, you know, they're good. They're individual stories for the most part, I think. Um not so much like uh, Black Mirror or The Twilight Zone, but I do think that you can follow along. It's an enjoyable show. I mean, would you say that Star Trek, um, you know, Generations or Deep Space Nine, I don't know if you've ever watched those. I mean, you could sit down and I watch did. one of those shows. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you can watch those at any time, at any point. And sure, you want to follow the season and how the story's progressing, but uh, as a standalone show that, that resolves a conflict in the show... Uh, I think that it's completely fine. So, okay, cool. yeah, I, I think I think it's it's worth both of us taking a look at that. So, uh, it's exciting. I'm glad to see that uh, they're moving the, the the needle forward and not stuck in the zone. I, I think James Bond will be the next British series to do that. I think we may see a female or a um, you know non-white guy uh, James Bond, which would be exciting. That's fine um, with me, man. So yeah. good so, stuff, and thanks uh, to the the NerdPod fans who called us out on that. Yeah, please Exciting. keep those suggestions um, coming. We do look at them. Um, listen, there's so much stuff out there we can't possibly cover it all <laughs> um, and keep you entertained. And if you so, guys want to uh, hear something and and we can fit it in, we will do our best. So Deadpool, man, you had been talking about this for a few weeks now. Deadpool um, doing a I special have. version of season two or director's cut or whatever. What happened there? Uh, I mean. I hate to be negative. You know, I'm not a negative person as a whole. And, but this just didn't, I don't know, Sony. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't get it. So uh, I think you're, and everybody uh, was expecting to see that uh, the Deadpool, you know, we would see a Deadpool three announcement. We would get some version of something. And Mm -hmm. here's what we got. We got a director's cut with a little bit more vulgarity. We got a panel with Ryan Reynolds on it. Um, the standout of that panel was that a fan asked, which do you hate more Wolverine or uh, Wolverine origins or green lantern? He went on to say, um, I enjoyed making them both. They highly impacted my career, uh, but yeah, they were pretty bad. And that's, that's the extent. That's so it. we already knew Ryan, thank you. But we already knew yeah. that it was really bad. Okay. So that's... we didn't, we didn't need an entire panel for you to tell us that uh, uh, Green Lantern and Wolverine Origins was bad. Here's a question so, for you. Uh, and maybe you don't know yeah. the answer. Um, hitting you out of the blue with it. How much money does it cost a studio to say, do that panel? Yeah. So I think that it depends on, um, on signage, total sponsorship, um, how many booths you you have, whether you're doing an interactive display. So we saw um, this Comic Con was cool because they did a um, the Demolition Man uh, Taco Bell um, <laughs> replica, so people could actually go in and eat Taco Bell. So that's co branded. So if that anyone is, listening uh, doesn't know what that is, Demolition Man was a, a movie with Wesley Snipes and uh, Sylvester Stallone back when it came out, like ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, it was the twenty year anniversary. So, so cool. All right. um, that's why why they were celebrating it. So so that's co branded sponsorship, right? So uh, Taco Bell comes in, they provide the food, they bring people, mm-hmm. um, and then Demolition Man, which was a Warner's property, um, you know, they pay half the split. So, uh, but I can tell you that as a whole, Sony probably spent somewhere between three and ten million in the show, and that that's about going to be your target for a ma- major studio, three to ten million. If there's not anything major that you're you're attempting to do, got it. Um, so it's exp- so I think they'd be on the high side of that. But so this yeah. was an expensive uh, director's cut DVD announcement. That's what it was. Absolutely, you have to staff and, and you have to staff it, and you have to. So you know, I think it, and and they talked about release date, DVD release date, that stuff. Um, 
and I don't, again, I wasn't there. I did see that, um, you know, they did the toilet seat covers with <laughs> um, Deadpool's face on it, which was kind of funny. The, um, the Deadpool branding uh, and marketing that, is pretty clever. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's, that, but that's, that's what the, that's what Deadpool is. Um, so listen, maybe it didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do and they want to push, they want to push for the DVD. Um, but I, uh, dud for me. I mean, I, I was not, um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, you know, well, so nah. Sony also announced, um, uh, obviously they, they have Venom coming out, uh, pretty yep. really quickly too. It's, it's speeding in, you know, October, I think. Right. Is that yep. the date? Um, so they announced the, of, I'm saying a villain cause I don't think it's the villain, but they announced a riot, uh, uh which is, um, we were talking about it before, uh, is part of the group the symbiotes? Is that is that correct? Yeah, symbiotes. Yep. Symbiotes. Yeah. And um, so, what do you? What's your take on this? I know you're the, the Spider-Man property isn't huge for you, but you know enough. Of, I'd say you know more than I do about it. Yeah. Um, so this is leading up to um, that entire universe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that that that's the stuff that they're announcing. I mean, it's it's leading up to Carnage. It's leading up to. Uh, I like the actors that they're picking. I think that it's uh, it's smart. Um, but this has got to be the staple, right? Mm-hmm. How hard he carries this character, um, and how um, now that the kid that they picked um, to play Riot, um, I could look it up, but he was um, he was in Rogue One. He played uh, in The Night of, right? He was in that oh, movie, yeah. and I uh, I mean in that television show. Um, yeah, I'm going to look his name up, but he, uh, good, good character. Um, I don't know. So I, I, I think that they're, you know, on a, uh, on a higher level, um, Riz, this is going to play out. Yeah, that's, that's Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Yeah. Riz Ahmed. Um, good. And I don't even know why I couldn't think of that, but <laughs> I, like I said, I think on a higher level. The, it, it it all comes down to uh, to Tom Hardy whether they carry this this role uh, and and see what happens. Do you so, think we're going to um, get carnage in this? I do. Yeah, I, I do. So. I, I I don't know that. Um, you know, I think uh, on the same level that we got uh, Scorpion in Homecoming, maybe uh, on a smaller level. There, you know, although Woody Harrelson's a pretty big character, so we'll see. Um, listen, I, I think they have my money no matter what. Uh, I think I need to go to this uh, because this is uh, this could be um, big, but it could be Blade. So I, you know, that's that's <laughs> sort of what this feels like to me. This feels like Blade Origins. Like, okay, so, so they're, they're I, walking a, a razor's edge. Then <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. Interestingly enough. So um, now going to you know staying on on comic books, um, and before we dig into who I believe was the star of the show uh, mm-hmm. so far of, of, of 18. Um, now, this was not featured. This was not at all featured in San Diego Comic-Con. So on Friday, this past Friday, whatever, the 20th, I uh, the room is churning and my phone's going off. I'm getting texts and stuff that says, uh, Iron Heart is going to replace Iron Man in the MCU. So mm. I, I feel like... Um, I don't know. It felt to me like it was coming from credible sources, but there was nothing, nothing solid. Um, we can talk about, we can go into um, origins of Ironheart, but um, Ironheart has tradi- traditionally been played by a younger black actress or a younger black character, a uh, female. And um, her name is Riri Williams. She had a, a couple really good, strong runs over the last. You know, she's a newer character, but uh, likable. Um, you can look up their, you know, origins there and and figure out whether that's a comic that you would read. But um, it made sense. And then so nothing confirmed from the studio. Nothing confirmed from Marvel. Uh, but then um, on day three, which was yesterday, uh, Saturday the twenty first. Marvel does announce that uh, Shuri, uh, that is uh, T'Challa's sister in Black Panther, who stole the show as the technology genius, um, is going to get a standalone movie no in, the, in Phase really? 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, what? that is, right? <laughs> yeah. right? And, and, and they said it may even start as two films. They may come right out of the gate with two films. So, if they are doing what I think they are doing... Riri is going to be out 
as Ironheart. Shuri of Wakanda will be in as Ironheart and they will never announce it because at the end of the first Shuri movie, they will, it, they, the mantle will go from Downey to Shuri, you know, to, to that actress. I, uh, I, you can look up her name as well. What um, a great move. Incredible. Man. Yeah. I mean, right. risky, but great move. I think she, I think whoever, um, made that decision is, is on point because you're right. Shuri stole the movie. <laughs> Like she um, was the best thing to watch. I mean, it was a great and it's, show. It's, yeah, Letitia Wright. I'm sorry. So, yeah, I, and I know that, too. I think it's just a Sunday morning, and I have so much information in my head from Com- Comic-Con. <laughs> um, yeah, Letitia Wright, She's she was incredible. And look, she's a technology genius. She can create things, and she's got tons of money. She's the perfect. And here, here's what I'm going to say. I will not take full credit. I did think this. I thought this when I was watching the movie. Yeah. But the other person, I have said it before, the other person I need to give credit for it that pointed it out at a similar time is Mark Bernardin from uh, The Hollywood Reporter, uh, from E! News, and from uh, Entertainment Weekly, also on the uh, Fat Man on Batman podcast with Kevin Smith. So I don't want to be that guy that doesn't acknowledge that somebody else has addressed this on radio other than myself, and that's Mark Bernardin. And uh, he was as early as me on it, which is not shocking. So uh, this would be massive. Riri out, Shuri in. Uh, it just makes sense. Uh, it just makes sense, and, and I love it. It fits so, the Marvel direction too. So great, yeah, it's perfect. I love it. It's um, perfect. So cool. Let's get to the um, okay. uh, who you think won or, or is winning and, and, San Diego Comic Con 2018 because it's not over and, yet. No, it's not. It's and again, I think it's going to be a big day today. Who I think has done the right things now. And if I had to grant a winner of this Comic-Con of who who used their property the right way and did smart things and signed the right people, I wish that the, the cinematic universe would follow what the what the what DC as a company has done. Uh, it's DC, right? I just gave it up. It's DC. Wow. Um, that must have, yeah. Did that hurt to say? Yeah, it, it's the most painful <laughs> thing ever. But here's the thing. They scratched my itch. They did it. And I'm going to tell you where they did it, um, where – the only two pieces of property that they could draw me in with, they did. And so brilliant. I'll let you start with, with um, Dark DC because I know you were reporting on this earlier in the week. Right. So I think one of the, the earliest announcements I saw, and I, I, I'll, I'll be critical as much as I am positive on this, but Titans, which is the yes uh, the, the show. I don't even know what that's going to air on. Um, but it's, you know, Titans or Teen Titans, you know, you know, characters like uh, uh, Robin and Nightwing, or excuse me, yeah, it's um, you know, Hawk Cyclops. Cy- yeah, I'm not Cyclops. Uh, Cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah. yeah. So they, it's very dark. It's R. It, it's gonna be. It's a firmly R-rated TV show. Lots of blood. A lot of spatter. Um, it, it's. It, well, I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna tell you where that's gonna air in a minute. But go ahead. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, so the announcement was cool. I, I think the show looks looks interesting great i'll watch it uh, i'll give it a chance but it it, it also it, it it has this dc feel to it as well which isn't always a good thing um just go watch any of the the dc extended universe movies and you'll get the the idea of what i'm talking about they have a feel they have a look the color schemes are are there that the music is there and it has that trapping as well on this show that to me looks like a dc film um which isn't a good thing it in my opinion it just it doesn't have a good look to it on screen um very dark which is fine if it's done the right way um the music is typical moody acoustic female singer uh depressing balladly it it, it's just what you come to expect from them it's the same opening as say justice league was when they were walking through the death of superman and it 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 should be a good show, but I'm just worried that it's gonna have, it's gonna fall on its face. I mean, Suicide Squad should have had, should have been a great movie, and it's one of my least favorite of all time. Titans looks great. I mean, I think they knocked it out um, with the, how the characters are supposed to look, but yeah, again, I agree. DC can quickly become their worst enemy. So that was my take on Titans. Yeah. So I um. 
I can actually jump this ahead is that, you know, their streaming service, which has not been talked about very much, uh, it's actually called DC Universe. Um, it was definitely on top of the mind, you know, with that, with Titans. Uh, they spent a lot of, of time to get and money to, to get that recognition on uh, DC Universe. It's a standalone, separate streaming service. So, um, so, so that was how they started the theme, right? Like that's what's going to happen. Uh, and it's happening this year. So how they've not marketed this enough that we haven't been talking about it longer uh, is alarming. But um, that, that was that's what set the tone, interestingly. So um, as far as the comic book end of, of the world, um, leading the comic panel was Jim Lee and Dan DiDio which uh, both big comic names, I'm sure you remember. Mm-hmm. Jim Lee. I loved Jim Lee. X-Men, uh, uh, the early 90s X-Men that he did uh, from scratch, some of my favorite yeah. art of all time in a comic book. I know. And so he was also one of those, the big five that started. Image. Image, mm-hmm. which, you know, for me is is huge. Um, so he talked about sort of a reset of, of DC and that every single thing in the DC universe starts with the comics. And uh, so that's that was exciting, right? To hear Jim Lee, guy that uh, has created some of the best characters in my world and in my life and produced the best comics ever, um, is all about the independent artist. I mean, that's what Image was about. Image was about bringing the artists and the writers in and not micromanaging and not there being one creative director that pushed everything, but just uh, providing edits and, uh, and uh, clarity in the process of writing comics. So when you have somebody like that, that says, we understand that our IP is what's driving the rest of this universe, whether it's the streaming service, the movies, whatever, uh, this could be, this is like going back and building a new foundation on a crumbling house for me. And it may take time. It, this tells me that they care, right? It really does. So that that's exciting. They announced this black label brand, which they've never come out with a full black label. Um, They've had Dark Horse to put the darker stuff out. But again, that was more of an independent run where you could come in and and they had Dark Horse. But Black Label is going to focus more on, and here's the two things that I was talking about. They said, or three things. They said titles like The Dark Knight, Watchmen, and The Killing Joke. One, Mm. two, and three of my favorite graphic novels of all time will be falling under this black DC black label category. So rather than it spinning off the DC or, uh, you know, Kevin and Walt doing cacophony or, uh, it, that will all fall under the black, black label. So you'll see the Arkham stories in there. You'll see oh, cool. uh, you know, <clears throat> any of that DC IP that I loved from back then. And again, the dark Knight is born from that. Uh, the Nolan movies born from that. So if they can draw that out, Really, really, really exciting. That's great, right? man. So, Good for DC. That's uh, smart. Jim Lee. Right. Jim smart. Lee is there, so Kevin is Feige. Think, yeah. he, he could be, yeah. right? He could be. And he's not It's so much involved hands-on with the movie, but if he's creating the IP, he could be their Stan Lee. I mean, he could oh, be their go. Kirby at this point That that is creating and what's driving. Might take a couple of years, but we could be having a way, very different conversation about DC in, in two years. That's so, awesome. I like um, that. Yeah. What else yep. from DC? Yeah, good good news, right? So yeah. the the biggest break for me, this was new, um, and I watched this panel, dude, and it gave me super chills and freaked out. And I sort of saw it coming with somebody. I didn't know who it was going to be, but on their panel, they roll out the golden the golden age god, also from uh, Image. Mark Silvestri comes out and says, so not only does he come out and I completely freak out and nerd out, he says he's writing. <laughs> A Batman Joker buddy cop what? comic. How would that so, work? <laughs> a team up. I listen, if any human on this planet could write a Batman Joker buddy cop, it is Mark. All right. Right. Undoubtedly. Do we know so uh, when that like, might uh, we might see that or or get so an issue? I, I think we're we're definitely shooting nineteen at this point. There's a lot of that. You know, most of the, this summer, fall, and spring are planned. So I would imagine we might be looking at a release uh, of Comic Con next year for that book. Sweet, um, I love that. Yeah, sounds be great. Sounds fun. <laughs> right, super excited. They talked about this new line too, um, called uh, DC Inc. and DC Zoom. Hmm. What's uh, that about? Focusing on. Tw- 12 year olds to seven to 12 year olds. They're trying to grab that younger audience. The, that they say right now, because Nickelodeon and the Disney channel have bailed on tweens that DC is trying to take some of that market share, which I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I get the strategy. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I, I mean, eh, on that, like, okay, seven to twelve doesn't fall into my wheelhouse. Is this it's for uh, uh, shows, movies, or uh, comics? The, so this is just comic IP, right? Comics. Now. This okay. is uh, so DC. Yeah, Ink and Zoom are going to be focused on. But what the hope is, right? It's it's the old it's the old adage, or it's the old way that we used to do it. We, we, you put out a, a great comic book, it gets optioned, and now you have a fast track with your own streaming service. So hmm. uh, if we get good writers and good characters. They could really start stealing the, the whether it be short animated movies or they start with short animated shows on the streaming network. This could be the place where parents start to bring uh, their kids. At so, 7 to 12, so I don't know how much you you read or know about this. Is it or if you just have a, a opinion? So does this mean that? And I think this is brilliant. I really do. Uh, DC is going to market ex- exclusively for this these. Um, um, these two offshoots, as you see in DC Zoom, are they going to be marketing comic books to seven to twelve year olds yes. to get yes, them turned on yes. to reading them? Yes, that's brilliant. that's the plan. I love it. Right. And, and you know, whether yeah. it's DC, Marvel, Image, or, or any other uh, producer, uh, you know, publisher out there, as long as it's getting them reading, that saves the industry as a whole. I mean. It, Everything is movie, 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 but unless they realize that all this stuff comes from a comic book, you know, that you have this, yeah, you you have a really robust uh, production company out of Hollywood, but the source material where all these great ideas are coming from is from comic books. So unless these kids are reading it and getting that, you know, it's going to hurt. So this is a brilliant idea. I love it. I think it's great. Right. So, um, and I'll let you, I mean, so you, you did have the, the, in the final two, mm-hmm. all I'll say is that right there, that little snippet that I just gave you with Jim Lee and the streaming service and the, and Mark Silvestri and the, uh, and the black, I mean, that's it. That wins right for me that, that, that for the first time in a decade, I'm excited about the direction of DC comics and I'm bought in, I'm buying black label products. If it, you're telling me it's going to be like dark Knight, you're telling me I'm going to get to see a buddy cop, Joker, Batman storyline. Um, I'm in. Awesome. So, um, yeah. So, but you had a couple takeaways from DC. So the two movies that I was most interested in seeing from them was uh, first off being Aquaman, uh, which we're seeing coming out, I think November, um, the trailer hit. Finally, we have a trailer. The The reaction's been a lot of love for it. And so online, people are, are, are digging it. They, they like how it looks. And um, it's, <sighs> it's, it's, no, I, I don't see it. I, I must be missing something. I just don't see it. It's, it's a boring character, number one. Number two, it looks like... Um, Fighting Nemo, but with Sons of Anarchy in it, I just yeah. don't see this as a a good property. I, but again, I I guess I didn't see that with Wonder Woman either. So I'm 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 ripe to be wrong here. But I just I'm having a lot of trouble seeing this uh, as being a good movie. And yeah, it, and it goes back to what I was saying about Titans at the beginning of this was. It has that DC look, that very animated bad guy, like think Justice League or the third act of Wonder Woman with Ares. It, it, it just – Steppenwolf, I think it was the the guy in uh, Justice League, right? So That's right. It, it just – they look terrible. I'm just, they don't look good and it's the same thing here. What I could see, it has that same look and feel as those other movies. Um, so I just – I don't get it. I must be missing something, man. Am I? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I have no, I have nothing. I have no love, no love at all. Um, I, I think this I, is just, it, they need it, to pull the ripcord and be it, done it's, with it. it. It's, yeah, it's sons, it's sons of Anarchy, Underwater. Um, you know, you have actors like, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling or, um, you know, any any talented, younger, blonder Actors that could have played this, like, I just, you know, they wanted to put a different spin on it. And Momo was coming off a great run on Game of Thrones and people loved him. But it's, you know, like the, the novelty's worn off and it's, it's just not, mm-hmm. um, you know, other than your girlfriend thinking Momoa is attractive, uh, you might get some women, you know, women that are going to go see him because they love him. I don't, 
Uh, and, and listen, I saw some reactions and you're right. And people are excited and people, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, you and I are together on the not getting any of this. So the only thing I think of is it's like Marvel is the, the popular thing. So it's cool to think DC's great or something. I I don't, I just don't get it. Um, anyway, the second movie I saw, which I have an opposite reaction to is Shazam. Um, and you were right. Last week I asked you what it was about because I don't know nothing about this character. You said it – think of it as a superhero version of Tom Hanks's Big. Yeah. And after seeing the, the trailer, you're, you're spot on. It's exactly – that. to me that was the best way to describe it because when I watched it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is exactly how Coach described it to me. Um, it is a different feel. Like to me, this is the – this is what I want to see from DC for me personally. I think it looks funny. It looks different, uh, unique. Um, I'll be there to see this one. Shazam looks good. And I, I asked me two months ago if I would have said that, I would have been no way. Um, but to me, it looks good. That the costume looks great. The you know the actors look good in their roles. Um, the, the it just it's hitting all the right points for me. Um, so I'll be. That was the first time I saw a trailer. I think that comes out 2019, I believe. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, but so far, Shazam for me was the the DC property I'm probably most excited to see. Awesome. Um, cool. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be watching for black mm-hmm. Adam with that, with that, um, group. I'll be watching for a couple other things. I think, um, again, it would have been better for me had they left the flash out of, um, you know, even the flash and Aquaman would have been better plays as this Zachary Levi have more fun, uh, those could have been b- both really fun characters. I understand that you got to stick to the original Justice League and get those people in there, but um, those characters could have been a lot of fun mm-hmm. in the, in this world. So we'll see. Um, and we have a few more we'll things from Comic Con to go over. Uh, I want to bring up. I brought up earlier, but I spent a, a couple more seconds on uh, Halloween. Uh, had a great show this year. Yeah, I saw they stood out a bit. Oh my this, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Something with Jamie Lee Curtis, something, what happened? Uh, well, I talked about it earlier with Jamie Lee Curtis coming out in the audience and, and you know, meeting with a fan, uh, you know, back in when we were talking about Yvette Nicole Brown. I mean, that was cool in itself. I mean, that's just Jamie Lee that's Curtis right, being Jamie that, Lee yeah, Curtis. Yeah. That's how who she is. She's very, she's kind of like how Carrie Fisher was. Uh, she doesn't care yeah, she is. about the, the, the optics. She's going to do what feels right to her. So that was cool. Put that aside, the trailers were frightening, and the feedback is it's capturing all the original uh, angst and uh, nervousness of watching um, the shape, Michael Myers, um, being in all the scenes and the brutality of it. It's it, it seems to be hitting all the points that you want out of, out of the Halloween movie. So that is really exciting to me. Also, um, they win on the viral campaign part of San Diego Comic-Con. Um, so I don't know if you saw this, but the, the studio had a, uh, Michael Myers or the shape. They said, go find the shape. He's somewhere in San Diego. So fans went out to find the shape. And when they did, first off, the actor they had playing him, hundred oh, percent as scary as the movie counterpart. You basically, he was hiding, not hiding. He was under a bridge, like under a bridge in San Diego. There's Michael Myers just standing there. So as a fan, you had to go up and the code word was 1978. When you said that to him, you would get a special, unique San Diego Comic-Con 2018 poster for Halloween. Uh, And the poster itself looked incredible. That's going to be a hot item for a long time, I think, if this movie does as well as I hope it does. So to me, being a Halloween fan, they had an amazing show. And it's really good to hear uh, that the movie is looking and shaping up to be as good as the fans want it to be. That's great, man. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm happy for you. I know that this is um, you know, this is one that's special and close to you. Yeah. Um, you know, just like Cobra, this is your Cobra Kai. That's how I kind of look at this. And okay, that's a good I'll way be to put excited it. about it. Yeah. Um, another one. I, you know, I was another property for me uh, that I'm pretty pumped about is Better Call Saul. Um, there, the new season four comes out in about a week or so, August 6th, I think two weeks. And they seem to be having, um, they, they had a good show as well. Not as, I don't think as they didn't pop as, as much as the others, but a couple of interesting things here is there's going to be some flashbacks to the 
maybe the Breaking Bad era, or at least it's going to be um, putting Saul in that Breaking Bad timeline again. So calling back to the original show that we all love. Um, and this season is where we're going to see Jimmy McGill make the final turn to become Saul Goodman. And, yeah, um, and if it's the way it's looking and uh, Vince Gilliam is so careful and thoughtful about how everything happens in his shows that I wouldn't be surprised if the parallels of this character are the same as the parallels of Walter White. And what I mean by that is we're going to see him make the final turn in season four and season five will be the climax right to the point where maybe he meets Walter. So uh, that's what I'm seeing. And I think the show's over after five seasons. Um, but I mean, that's been rumored for a while, but we'll, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a very similar story arc in terms of the timing, the seasons and how Saul and Walter have the same type of journey, right? To the uh, yeah. end. So really exciting there. I mean, those are, you know, between Halloween and Better Call Saul, those are the two things I was keeping very close eyes on because I'm just so excited for both of them. Yeah, super cool. So the last piece that I got in in this sort of part one is that um, Star Wars Disney announces Star Wars Clone Wars is back. Uh, cool. So we'll get season seven yes. uh, story continues. Yep. Right. It's big. And uh, 12, 12 new episodes. Yeah. Uh, any news on that? Did you hear anything? Yeah, actually, I, I did. Um, it's real. It's it's super cool. I'm excited you brought that up. Uh, so Ahsoka Tano is back. She was the um, Padawan of Anakin in the yeah you know, Clone Wars series, and from what I understand is it's taking place uh, so after you know, the last season, uh, which was a shortened one. Um, of Clone Wars, it's going to be right before the Siege of Mandalore, which is, uh, or it's happening during the Siege of Mandalore, which is right where Revenge of the Sith is going to pick up. Where, if you remember from that movie, from the prequels, is Obi Wan and Anakin going into um, rescue Senator um, Palpatine from Count Dooku, yeah. right? So it's it's that final piece to bridge the Clone Wars to Revenge of the Sith that we've we've been waiting for. Let me ask, did you like, did you watch those? No, no, I didn't. You didn't? I didn't. I did. Um, I mean, I saw, pe- it, I saw pieces of it and, you know, listen, I, I think it's just, it, it goes back to the, there's so much stuff to watch. Did you remember? I know that it's great. That they made a movie first. Not yet. Of Clone Wars. Yes, I do know that. Yep. Dude, I watched that and I remember thinking at the time, this was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so when they made the series, I'm like, there's, there's no way I'm watching this. No way. So I actually didn't watch it until years later after it was over. And I got to tell you, um, while the start of it is pretty, you know, pretty juvenile, it, it quickly ramps up into a very dark um more of adult late teen type of uh, story so it's really well done as the show um, evolves so I'd recommend it I mean especially if you're if you're looking for something uh, Star Wars related that Luke has still put his hands on that's a good story yeah yeah awesome so um, so that's it for this this week right um, we we're gonna watch um, closely. I think mm-hmm. uh, this week to or tonight and going into tomorrow, we're going to uh, prioritize and organize, you know, this show is put together quickly because it's all stuff that we've gotten over the last couple of days. So uh, we're going to really take some time to dissect. Yeah, man. Uh, it was been, and it's been rapid fire too, right? The news is yeah, bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum. and we're, yeah. we're going to probably take a whole nother week to unpack, not just what we just yep. talked about what happens today and over the next few days. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's exciting times. Uh, it, it was it was a great show, man. I um, I'm so excited to to exactly break that down. Um, hit us on Instagram. Uh, we're pretty active, and now we're starting to interact more with you guys. And uh, anything that you want us to particularly cover, we're more than happy to take a look at it. If it's good, uh, if it's good material, we'll bring it on. Absolutely. And, uh, all right, man. Well, yeah, man. that's all I got. All right, boys. We'll see you next week, and let's close it down. All right, boys. Let's close it down. Look at me, man. Can't you see that I'm dying? Look at you, man. Doing all your wanting. Leaning against me like a goddamn bull. So close to close, my skin starts to glow. Sweat pouring down, singing in my life.
You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming Nerd Pods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.